0: Chapter Twenty Two of Rival Pitchers of Oakdale. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K Hand. Rival Pitchers of Oakdale by Morgan Scott. Chapter Twenty Two. Self-restraint or cowardice? Rackliff had succeeded in doubling Springer's hatred for Rodney Grant, so the fellow Phil had befriended and taught to pitch was sneering about him behind his back. And everybody was saying that grant was already a better pitcher than his instructor ever could hope to become Springer wondered how it was possible that even for a moment he had ever taken a fancy to such a chap He better not say too much about me Phil growled to himself. I know he is a fighter I know he has a fearful temper, but he'll find out. I'm not afraid of him That very night Lila Barker coming to the post office to mail some letters was followed and annoyed by Rackliff when she started to return home Herbert persisted in forcing his unwelcome company upon her, until, catching sight of a familiar figure passing on the opposite side of the street, she called for assistance. Rodney Grant came running across, giving Rackliff a look, cap in hand, as he inquired the cause of the girl's alarm. Oh, Rod, she said, I do wish you would walk home with me. This—this fellow has persisted in following me and forcing his company upon me. The honorary, conceited, unmannerly cad exploded the Texan, evidently itching to put hands on Herbert, who bluffed the situation through with insolent effrontery, laughing as he lighted a cigarette. What he needs is a good thrashing, and if he wasn't a sickly, insignificant creature, it would give me a right good heap of satisfaction to hand him one. "'Bah!' said Herbert. "'You're a big blowhard, that's all. It betrays lamentably poor taste on Miss Barker's part to prefer the company of a lout like you to that of a gentleman.' It was lucky for Rackliff that Leela was there, and her hand fell on the arm of the boy from Texas, for otherwise Rodney might have forgotten himself. Fearing his lack of self-restraint, the girl urged him away, and they left Herbert leaning against a tree and still laughing, his cigarette in the corner of his mouth. Half an hour later, Grant, having returned, was talking baseball with several fellows, who had gathered in a group near Stickney's store, when Rackliff sauntered up. "'Just a word with you, Mr. Cowpuncher,' said Herbert in a loud voice. "'You applied several objectionable adjectives to me a while ago, "'and now I want to tell you just what I think about you. "'You're nothing but a common, low-bred, swaggering bluffer, "'as the blind dubs around here are due to find out. "'You think you're a baseball pitcher. "'Excuse me while I laugh in my sleeve. "'You're the biggest case of egotistical jackassism "'it has ever been my luck to encounter.' Next Saturday, when you get up against a real pitcher who can pitch, you'll look cheaper than thirty cents. Grant surveyed the speaker with mingled amusement and disdain. Have you got that dose of bile out of your system? He asked. If it's all over, go lie down somewhere and forget yourself. That will be a relief. Being ashamed all the time sure must get tiresome. Herbert lost his head at once. You're a duffer and a bluffer, he shouted shrilly. How any decent, refined girl can have anything to do with you, I can't imagine. It just shows that Leela Barker is he got no farther for brushing one of the fellows aside grant caught the speaker by the throat and stopped him his face dark the texan shook rackliff until his teeth rattled shoot your mouth off about me as much as you please you miserable sneak he grated but don't you dare ring in the name of any decent girl unless you are thirsting to get the worst walloping of your life rod's eyes blazed and he was truly terrible once before the boys had seen him look like that and then they had realized for the first time that it was the young texan's uncontrollable temper that he feared and which had made him by persistent efforts to avoid personal encounters appear like a coward there was not a cowardly drop of blood in grant's body but experience and the record of his fighting father had taught him to fear himself even now the fact that he let himself go sufficiently to lay hands on rackliff seemed to spur him on and still shaking the limp and helpless fellow he maintained his hold on the city youth's neck till herbert's eyes began to bulge and his face grew purple suddenly another lad pushed his way through the circle and seized grant by the shoulders let up on that he cried his voice vibrant with excitement what are you trying to do choke the l- life out of a fellow that you know isn't any match for you if you want to ch- choke someone let him alone and take me It was phil springer his head jerked round toward his shoulder rodney grant looked into the eyes of his friend of a short time past and suddenly he released his hold on rackliff who gasping and ready to topple over was supported by one of the other boys if you want to choke somebody take me repeated phil savagely you ought to be ashamed of yourself grant took a long breath that's right springer he admitted i reckon i ought i allow i clean forgot myself somehow this quiet admission which was wholly unexpected seemed to enrage phil still more i suppose you think everybody around here is afraid of you now that they've found out your father was a genuine bad man springer sneered well you'll discover there's one person who isn't afraid i'll fight you to the amazement of all present the boy from texas shook his head something like a conciliatory smile appearing on his face you won't fight me phil he retorted for i won't fight phil himself could not understand why this refusal simply added fuel to the flame of his wrath he felt himself a quiver with the intensity of his emotions and seeing grant so calm and self-possessed he was obsessed by a yearning to strike him in the face oh so you won't fight eh why not we have been friends we have been but aren't any more and we never will be again for i've found out just what sort of a fellow you are you think yourself a better pitcher than i am or ever can be do you oh i've heard what you've been blowing around here about me and you needn't deny it you've had some luck in one or two games but you're due to get your bumps if you've got any further talk to make about me come and make it before my face it's a sneak who goes round shooting off his mouth behind another fellow's back and that's what you are rod grant now there'll be something doing sure breathed chipper cooper agitated by great expectations still to the increasing wonderment of the boys grant held himself in hand i couldn't take that off you phil he said a bit huskily if we hadn't been friends and i didn't realize that you sure would never say it in your right mind i'm right sorry oh yes scoffed phil derisively you're so sorry you can't work me for a chump any more you know what i think of you and if you've got any real sand you'll pick it up all i ask is a square show and i'll give you the scrap of your life you can't frighten me with your savage looks and i've got my blinkers on you so you can't catch me off guard and hit me that's the way you've won your reputation as a fighter around these parts you've never faced anyone in a square stand-up scrap but you've grabbed and choked fellows like bunk lander and herbert Ratcliffe when they weren't expecting it i know a little something about handling my dukes and i bet i can lick you in less than ten minutes perhaps you can said grant gee whiz sputtered chipper cooper what do you know about that fellows it was true that grant had never engaged in a real fist fight since coming to oakdale but he had once stretched an enemy prone and stiff with a single sudden blow and since the brave part he had played in rescuing leela barker from drowning phil was the first to question his courage herbert Ratcliffe, having recovered his breath and found sufficient strength to stand without assistance was looking on and listening in the greatest satisfaction soak em phil he whispered faintly go for him perhaps you're right said grant again as springer surveyed him with marked contempt anyhow i certain am not going to fight you springer seemed genuinely disappointed i have a mind to punch you he declared perhaps you'd brace up then and show a little manhood rod retreated a step which added to the impression that he was afraid you'll be sorry some time old chap he said just as i would be if i permitted you to lead me into a wretched fight you don't understand oh yes i do i understand everything i've g got you sized up for just what you are a big case of bluff i've c called you and your showdown is mighty rotten bah if the fellows around here want to think you the whole shooting match after this they're welcome to do so but in order to keep your reputation as a dangerous character you'll have to do something besides jump on fellows like rackliff and lander Disdainfully he turned his back on grant you chaps can see just what sort of a creature your fine hero is He said now hang around him as much as you like and worship him you all make me sick He walked away followed hastily by rackliff at the corner above the square herbert overtook Phil who seemed surprised as he came up Oh say chuckled the city youth you did bore it into him fine, and he didn't dare put a hand on you either "'That was queer. For my word, he's strong as Sandow. "'He handled me as easy as if I wasn't out of knickerbockers.' Pa said Phil. "'Anybody could do that. "'You've sus- sucked cigarettes until you haven't as much strength as a sick kitten.' "'Oh, I don't know about that,' retorted Rackliff resentfully. "'I guess I'm about as strong as the average fellow, "'but I tell you he's a holy terror, a perfect Hercules. "'I thought every minute he'd open on you. "'I don't see why he didn't, for you rubbed it in to the limit.' "'He didn't dare. That's the reason why,' declared Springer. "'I've got him sized up now. He's the kind of strikes when the other chap isn't l-looking. "'I guess you're right. I called him a bluffer, too. "'It was first rate of you to step in and take my part.' "'I didn't do it on your account.' "'No?' "'Not at all. I was itching for an excuse to get at him, and you provided one. That's all.' Herbert was somewhat taken aback by this frank confession. "'Well,' he said slowly, "'anyhow, you showed him up to that bunch of lick-spittles. They were surprised.' I f- fancy so this whole town has got the notion that Rod Grant is simply it. They thought he would fight at the drop of the hat. What would you have done if he'd taken you up? Whipped him, answered Phil confidently. I've taken boxing lessons. What does he know about scientific fighting? I had made up my m- mind to take care that it was a regular fight by rounds with seconds and referee to see fair play. I certainly fixed him that way all right, still to his annoyance, Ratcliffe seemed doubtful. perhaps you would, but if he'd ever got in one wallop. Oh, you make me tired, exclaimed Springer. Well, even if you didn't butt in on my account, I'm much obliged just the same. You're all right, Spring, old fellow, and if I can do you a good turn, I will. Perhaps I'll have the chance. Gee, I want a whiff. Have a smoke? No, declined Phil. I'm going home. Good night. He left Herbert there, lighting a cigarette and coughing hollowly. End of chapter 22